Welcome back, everybody, to Never Dies, y'all. It is episode eight tonight, and I am your host, as always, Roddy Kip, and I got my best friend here, Cobra Cole. Welcome back. And we are ready to talk about some Cobra Kai. Welcome back, Cole. How are you doing tonight? Quit! Doing, I'm doing okay. How are you? Uh, you got me, dude. You got me. That was perfect. You know, you like you can actually do it. You actually got that. So that's pretty good, man. Well, I'm excited to have you here tonight, as always. And welcome, listeners, as always, as well. We are super excited to have you all along. And, man... I'm just excited as always, to, so let's get it going. Do we got any Cobra business tonight, Cole? I don't think there's any Cobra business tonight. No, not except, much. Yeah, except to say that I am wearing the Cobra Kai t-shirt you got me once again. I love it. It really gets me in the mood. <laughs> nice. Yep, man. It's so fantastic. There's no thunderstorms or anything happening tonight. Oh, that was last focus night. focus on the channel. <laughs> that was last time. No, last we, night, even. Oh, yeah, yeah, we had some last night. That's right. So everything's cleared up for us. And we can just talk about Cobra Kai, folks. So let's jump into the recap of the previous episode and what an episode it was, Cole. Am I right? Yes. God, man, that was a 10 out of 10. Ended on such a high note. That was all Valley. It was, like, perfect. Perfect episode. It totally was. It totally was from the editing to the music to the acting to the story. It was perfect. And like, so here's what happened, you guys. We started off with that cool montage at the LaRusso Auto with Daniel showing Robbie how to do things around the dealership, you know? Wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off, all that. Oh my gosh, the muscle memory, doing chores in a certain way. You know, we we had the whole moment of uh, him getting mad and the whole both, you know, Daniel saying both lots. <laughs> then we had the reveal scene where Daniel showed Robbie that he really was training the whole time. And that's that, that's like one of the most special moments of Karate Kid. So echoing himself when he was same age, you know, Miyagi did it to him. <laughs> oh, man, totally. History repeats itself. History repeats itself. And yep. Johnny was training his students at the dojo, and Aisha was breaking them in. Johnny learned that Cobra Kai had a lifetime ban from the All Valley, and that's not cool, Cole, because he, he had nothing to do with that. True. Miguel was asking Johnny for advice, remember, on how to get a date with Sam, and he, do you remember his advice? Never accept defeat. That is correct. And that's such a good lesson. But Robbie's friends, you know, hooligan friends, Trey and Cruz, they're putting pressure on him to get the storeroom code from Lurso Auto so they can rob it. You know, they wanted the shiny stuff. And he got that code. He got that code. Robin Robbie. <laughs> Robin Robbie, that's, that's right. <laughs> and uh, Miguel did ask Sam out on the date and never accepted defeat. And he got her to say yes, you know, because she, she was a little... He wasn't ready at first. And Hawk revealed his tattoo, the blue, <laughs> the blue mohawked eagle on his back. So funny to match his mohawk. Johnny convinced Miguel to take Sam to the golf and stuff. 
Oh my gosh, that was so fantastic. And we talked all about that, you guys. Oh yeah. Daniel taught Robbie about how to focus while tri uh, trimming bonsai trees. Remember that, that yeah. you know, all the lessons and what happened in there. It was, Daniel was really like Miyagi in, in that episode, you know, especially in that moment. We had that great date montage at Golf and Stuff with Miguel on Sam's date. And the young hearts, you know, my commuter and all that, all that good stuff. And oh yeah, you know, Daniel's at the board meeting at the, with the All Valley uh, there because you know J Johnny didn't expect him, but he did remember Miguel's words about staying cool, and he made that that good speech about why Cobra Kai should be unbanned. Y'all, y'all remember? And then the All Valley board took that vote and asked him to wait outside, trading crews. We're meeting up with Robbie, remember? So they get that, get that code, and they had the fight because Robbie decided he didn't want to give up the code, right? Or, or to betray Daniel at that point, because they were kind of, be, kind of becoming friends, and they fought him for it, and we had that cool karate fight. And Robbie did well; but he did get cornered, but he had him on camera, so they left. The date was going great, though. We had some. More callbacks to Karate Kid 1 with the bubble hockey and the picture booth and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. It's great. Y'all remember. And Sam says it's not a date, and she kissed Miguel. I remember. That was such a good moment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Miguel showed up at the Cobra Kai Dojo as Johnny was putting up the All Valley poster. Remember the ending? It was so great. You know, Johnny Who's said, the I'm man? the man. I'm the man. <laughs> Miguel said, I'm the man. <laughs> You're the man. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, Johnny gave Miguel the celebratory Toast. I think that was his first drink yeah. of alcohol as well. He got his first kiss and his first drink there. Cobra Kai is back, baby. We zoomed into the All Valley poster. It was the end of the episode. It was perfect, Cole. They did not accept defeat. They did not accept. They both were initially rejected in a way. And, and yep, that lesson for that one was don't accept defeat. And sometimes you got to go through walls to get what you want. And they did. So that was fantastic. As always. But tonight, you guys, we're moving on. That was just a recap. This tonight is episode eight, Molting. And Cole, why do you think they titled the episode that? Maybe like a snake shedding its skin? Yes, yes. But it was, is that referring to certain characters? Is that referring to Johnny? I think so. I think so. And maybe Miguel? It's kind of, yeah, both of yeah. them. Yeah, it's kind of like they're all kind of molting. There's a lot of a lot of character development here. And we're going to get into it, y'all. Ox, ox molting his feathers. <laughs> the eagles molt? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, so we did have that awesome opening scene, you guys. It was at, it was at some junkyard, right? <laughs> Johnny was standing on a car and he opened up a Coors banquet, started chugging it down. Always, always with the Coors. Right. He had that red jacket on, which was very similar to his red zipper jacket from Karate Kid 1. It wasn't the same one, though. It was very similar. And he had on that black headband and he had a Cobra Kai shirt on. So he means business today. Heck yeah. And he was, and he was standing on the car and he was talking to his students. And what do you think about them just training in a junkyard like that's totally johnny's style right <laughs> yeah definitely he just has some like other 
smashing stuff pretty much breaking things pretty much is what it looked like so far you know totally totally <laughs> yep and he was giving him the speech before they started going he said you've trained hard you know you've gotten stronger you've gotten tougher you've done your best you're ready for this tournament right and they said yeah. yes sensei and he th- he threw the beer can at them he said wrong you're- that's right right at their feet <laughs> <laughs> your best ain't shit so funny that's classic johnny right there he needs better he said give me better than your best he said to win the all valley you have to do better than your best so from now on they're going to get his worst so he's stepping up the intensity of the training cole he wants to get them ready for this tournament (laughs) he said are you losers no No sensei no sensei no no sensei are you sure no sensei (laughs) no sensei Yeah, that was they kind of did one like that in the dojo too. So, it's hilarious. Yeah, and so they're not there yet, but it's time for some more training. So here we go. You know, we love the training montages. Oh yeah. In this show, you guys. So we get another training montage, and the song is "We're Not Going to Take It" by Twisted Sister, and they are special to this show. And here's the montage, you guys. Johnny had the students running through old tires on the ground. And, you know, then like training in the junkyard with the tires, like that's so reminiscent of like those old 80s, like football, and all those yeah. old like sports like, movies. Like Rocky or something, yeah. you know, running up the stairs and all that. Yeah, totally, totally all that. And he gave them all handmade clubs. And that's what you were talking about. He said, you know, he wanted them to smash everything. Yeah, they're like breaking windows and like smashing out like mm-hmm. headlights and stuff. He said, "Your enemies are all around you. Destroy them." So he's like trying to make them feel powerful and stuff. And so here's what they had. I really broke it down. Aisha was holding a pipe. Miguel and Hawk had like legs from like a table. It looked like really <laughs> funny. So they ran in there and they started busting everything up, like you said, and. And they were running through the tires, and Johnny called one of the students Squirt. At this, he, he's like, "Come on, Squirt!" Which is like totally '80s. You don't hear that at yeah, all anymore. Definitely. So that was so perfect. And uh, so, and then also, Johnny had students. You know, they were, he had them walking on that plank. It was like over yep. the container filled with rusted metal and broken glass and all that stuff. Yeah, it looked, it looked super dangerous. Totally very dangerous, but we're, hey, wait, (laughs) we're stepping things up because we want to win the All Valley. And here's the trash, you know, I love the trash talking that Johnny says to the kids. So as Miguel was going over, Johnny said, let's go, princess, move that ass. (laughs) (laughs) So great. And we had some more scenes of the kids breaking the glass. Aisha, she used her pipe like a spear, man. That That was pretty cool. Slow motion there. (laughs) <laughs> and while they were running across, Johnny said, you know, there's nothing to fear except fear itself, which is like also that's an 80s. Or that's from this. Isn't that from the 80s? I feel like from Reagan or something. But he said, Johnny said, there's nothing to fear except for fear itself. That and falling into metal and broken glass. So don't do that. I just love his trash talking and inspirational stuff that he says. 
but the students remember they fell down while they were running on the tires and they started like piling up on themselves dude that's, yeah like a dog pile dude, that's so classic man it's a snake a snake pile a snake pile <laughs> cobra pile that's so great that's exactly what it was <laughs> but you used to see that in like old you know kid football like training and, yeah yeah you know, that's so 80s and stuff miguel and hawk like every, go ahead so yeah like pretty much like every like football practice mm-hmm. in a movie or something from back yeah, then yeah like the peewee pile in it yeah like some peewee stuff or whatever miguel and hawk uh they both they dropped like a big heavy door from the second floor of like a building and like crushed a car and they like high five dude they were really feeling powerful but that's the you know that's what this is all about Johnny told the students, if you want to win, you have to be hungry. And he gave him like a bunch of beef jerky <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, he, like, he had like one bag though. It was like tearing it up all into like super small pieces. Yeah. Or, you know, small pieces and handing it to them, you know. He said, are you hungry? Good, because so are they. And he blew that dog whistle. And here comes all the dogs. Mm, yeah, so they began to scatter. And Aisha said, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> he's got dogs chasing he's got dogs him. this is great this is the in high intensity training but you know this is the way he wants to go about it he wants to toughen them up in a very 80s way man i hope all these kids parents sign a waiver well they're gonna have to because as the dogs were chasing him johnny said don't be afraid they smell fear <laughs> and hawk jumped on a like pickup truck to get away from the dog, but the dog got him. Johnny winced. I don't think he meant for him to get actually bit. Oh yeah, oops. <laughs> like, ah. They went a little <laughs> too far to there. And they zoomed out, and of uh, the kids like running away. Johnny's standing there. Uh, title screen: the Cobra Kai title screen in yellow this time. What do you think about that intro, Cole? Oh man, it's it's you know it's it's classic johnny again uh it's great it's you know drinking the cores out there in the junkyard that's exactly where johnny would be training some kids at <laughs> you know <laughs> like you said cla- you know, all the classic t- like tire walk all that sort of thing out there man uh just seems like something that you know johnny would totally have thought up mm-hmm. or maybe crease you know had maybe had them do when they was younger yeah maybe crease had them do it but yeah, just the thought of Johnny out there, you know, having a few beers, like yelling at these kids, <laughs> making him do all this like super dangerous stuff at this junkyard where like there's real danger out there. And so that was uh I did notice they had eye 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 protective things when they were smashing the stuff. So at least that was that's going good, on. That's good at least. <laughs> so they're all right. This that's part of the molting. Them yeah, them exactly. them getting stronger. Shed the loser shed the loser skin. All that matters is that you become badass. Y'all know what it is. Yep. Y'all know <laughs> what it is. In the next scene, though, you guys, we're at the LaRusso household, and Sam and Anthony are on the living room couch. Anthony's playing like a handheld video game, and Sam's on her phone. And the game that Anthony's playing, it kind of looked like Grand Theft Auto. Did you notice? And his his character got yeah. his character got bit by a dog. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, that was a great transition yeah. <laughs> from dogs chasing the kids to a dog in the game mm-hmm. fighting somebody. Sam was scrolling through the pictures of her and Miguel on the phone, and she's like smiling. You know, she she likes him. And at that moment, the doorbell rang, 
and Anthony said, Grandma. Okay, and like, oh, the, and listeners, the f- first time like I was watching this show, I, I I just I was like, oh my gosh, the mom could not believe yeah. it. I was like, I really thought was it actually Daniel's yeah, mom. I said, no way, no way, and it was Lucille, <laughs> Lucille Larusso from the Karate Kids movies, yep. y'all, and you know, like that's something a blast from the past, straight from my yeah. childhood. She still looks great. She was a great mom. In the uh, in the in the movies, you know, yeah. she was a great yeah. mom. So it was really good to see her again. We have some Dean Martin or some Frank Sinatra playing. She ca- she came in, and so yeah, the family's hanging out. And I don't know if you noticed, but when she saw Daniel, she said she said, "Come here with those with those baby Browns." Oh, Sammy! When are you gonna stop getting so pretty? Ah, there are those baby Browns. Get over here. Hey, mom. <laughs> yeah, she said that in the movie. She said that in the Karate Kid one. Whenever he had those, he, yeah. he put the aviator sunglasses on to hide his let's black eyes. Let's see those eye. baby Browns. Yeah, that's right. Said, let's see those baby the black Browns. Eye, yep. I'm from Daniel. I got an interview. Do me a favor. Look, take off the glasses. Why? Because I asked you to. Come on, my California. So look, take them up. I want to see a baby Browns. So that's a great <laughs> callback there. And so the family started to barbecue in the backyard, all hanging out. It's a nice day. And Daniel's talking to Lucille about how Cobra Kai is back and how they've been let back into the tournament. Lucille said, "That's horrible." That the, you know Cobra Kai is back in the tournament, and that they're nothing but a bunch of bullies. You know, because she remembers what happened, of course. But Sam is dating Miguel, who is a Cobra Kai. So this is like some Romeo and Juliet kind of stuff going on here. Like the two families not liking each other, you know, and they're, right. they're, they're like the star-crossed lovers in the middle. It's definitely like mm-hmm. that. I never thought about it that way, but it's it definitely is kind of like, like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, Montesquieu and Cap. Bulet, I believe it was. So yes, yeah, totally yeah. like that. So yeah, eat your heart out, William Shakespeare. Eat your heart out. Sam asked, "Well, they can't all be bad." But Lucille said yes, and she asked Daniel to tell them how uh, she, they pushed you down the hill, like in Karate Kid One. She said, <laughs> "Yeah, t- yeah, tell them how you, they pushed you down the hill." <laughs> so they said it was a cliff. You said it was a cliff. Yeah, Anthony said, "I thought it was a cliff." <laughs> Because he, you know, and, you know, Daniel gave him a look because, you know, the more, you know, the more you tell a story as you get older, like the bigger things yeah, get. Yeah, the more you embellish yeah. it. Yeah. So it's, it's become a cliff over the years. That's totally funny. <laughs> Amanda asked Lucille if she wanted some pasta salad at that point, And Lucille said, you know, well, she was being a little pretentious here, in my opinion. But she said, you know, she doesn't like that pre-made stuff. And Amanda said, well, you know, she would have. Yeah, I mean, she's she's Italian, man. She don't want she don't want some like pre-made from the package noodles, you know. She wants some homemade stuff. Okay, that's a good point. That's a good point. Okay, I'll give you a little leeway for that one. But you're right, it was kind of rude. Yeah. Amanda did say that she was gonna make some, but she'd been working late at the dealership. And Lucille said, Yeah, she understands and she she used to make it from scratch and she but she had to do everything without even having a partner back in the day. And that's a little backhanded insult, kinda. Typical mother-in-law. Yeah, so this is a little, you know, catty stuff. Real housewives of Cobra Kai up in here. And 
Louis was mad at that point. He was mad that Johnny was entering the tournament even after Daniel fixed his car for free, right? He's bringing that back in because that did happen. Yeah. And Louis said, well, you know, we, we need to go get that. Go, you know, go get it back because, you know, he's all mobster style. About <laughs> like wannabe, though. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. Totally. But Sam's a little concerned. You know, she said, you know, what if Cobra Kai has changed over the years? You know, that was back in the 80s, right? And she said, there are some of the kids that are at her school that are in it. Does that make them automatically bad? But Daniel said, Cobra Kai will never change. And Daniel's being a little stubborn with that. A little bit stubborn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he asked her to promise to stay away from the kids that are in it. Ooh. Ooh, Miguel is in it, though. That's who she's dating. Yeah, exactly. So she looks a little worried, okay? Her family does, will not approve, automatically does not approve and doesn't eat, hasn't even met him yet. Man, I ne- did not even think of Romeo and Juliet, man. It totally is. <laughs> it totally is. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's one for the ages, folks. It's one for the ages. Cole, did you have anything else to say about that scene? Uh, Just that... Uh, you know, yeah, maybe maybe Daniel's mom's being a little rude, you know. You gotta one up the wife of I guess. Right. And uh yeah, uh well Daniel's being a little stubborn, you know. So it's, it makes it a tough situation for Sam. It is a tough situation. Yeah, you can see where you can see where Daniel's coming from, you know, you can see where Sam's coming from. Miguel's caught up in it. It's some great writing, folks. In the next scene, though, we are at the Cobra Kai dojo, and Miguel is punching the dummy. You know, he's training hard. And Johnny was there. Miguel asked him why he's the only one training right now, if you remember. And Johnny said, you know, he's the only student that has a chance to win the tournament. (laughs) (laughs) And Miguel laughed and went to see his phone, and he he was laughing at his phone. And Johnny said, what's going on? He said, my girlfriend posted some pictures. And Johnny, you know, took a look and he snatched that phone right out of his hand, man. He said, you're dating LaRusso's daughter. (laughs) Miguel said, yeah, do you know her? Johnny said, we need to talk, okay? And Cole, this scene that is coming up is an amazing scene, you guys. This is 100% gold coming up, y'all. Man, I wanted to say though, like, uh, so when when uh, he was telling Miguel that he's the only chance he has to win the tournament, Miguel's like, "Oh, so that means I'm your best student?" He's like, "Hey, you know, you don't." He's like, "Don't get a, you know, don't get a big head. Look what we're working with." <laughs> <laughs> he did say that. <laughs> and you know, talking about you talking about him like hitting a dummy. Remember, he went from like going with a uh, like a like a fist with his thumbs up, you know, hitting that thing in the face to what he's doing now. So he's he's come a long way. I was just about to say that. I was about to agree with you and say that. Yeah, he has come a long way from that, like punching with the thumbs yeah. up <laughs> and just kind of leaning in. Yeah, he's got that yeah. snake bite. He's got that. He was doing the snake, the snake bite. He's got it down now. He's got it. He's got it down. And yes, folks, the scene that is coming up is one hundred percent gold, and we're about to break it down and tell you why. So. Johnny and Miguel go outside, and they're sitting on the curb in the parking lot there, you guys. The, okay, and so first off, what did you think about this scene, Cole? Man, 
it's 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 awesome, especially seeing it from a you know Johnny's perspective. Totally, totally. It so you know we, you and I, we grew up with the Karate Kid and seeing things always from Daniel's point of view, and to so to, we've already been to kind of seeing things from Johnny's point of view through this show but right now he's going to show like his point of view of the whole karate kid thing and the way that it felt like to me is like there's like a coloring book and for like my whole life i've had one side one page of the coloring book like colored in and what this scene was doing was like coloring in the other side of the coloring book you know what i'm saying like completed the picture i like this next part also because uh I don't know if you remember, like, but between the movies and Cobra Kai coming out, there was a YouTube video that portrayed Daniel as being the villain the entire time, and Johnny being the you know the the actual good guy. That's right. And uh, this kind of this kind of goes this kind of like takes it back to that video a little bit. It's awesome. It does, and his mu- the music starts playing. And you guys, this is just completely amazing. So Johnny starts to say that it was the summer of 82 and Rocky three had just come out. So Karate Kid and Rocky, like those are, they're kind of intertwined because yeah, Bill Conti did the music for both of the series, all three okay. movies. Yeah. If you don't, if you notice that for both of those. And so that's why they kind of mentioned Rocky a little bit. I think they had some writers on both of the movies. So that so the Rocky and Karate Kid are closely related. So they brought it in here. So they're at the Rocky three movie movie in the movie theater. And he says that Dutch was throwing some milk duds at the girls. Yeah. And Miguel was like, why would you do that? Johnny said, because it's an alpha move. <laughs> Well, you know, Dutch, you know, Dutch was a crazy guy, so he that sounds like him. <laughs> so one girl stood up and yelled at him. She had enough. And that's when Johnny saw Allie for the first time. And when he's talking about it and you can t- like this is some really good acting by William Zabka. You can tell he's I mean, it, it's really meant a yeah, lot he, to him. He still he still has feelings for it. You can tell. Oh, my gosh. Totally. Yep. And that, you know. That was the whole reason for the rivalry. That's it. So he starts to talk about Allie, and we get that shot of her filling up the balloon from Karate Kid 1. Like, it's a flashback. That's really good. She's smiling. And Johnny goes on to say that she came up, she dumped popcorn all over Dutch, you know, got butter (laughs) all over him. (laughs) And Johnny said he could tell that she was a firecracker. He could tell it. He already was, like, in love with her, man. Yeah. So going on with the story, the music's going on still, and he's like really reminiscing. And he says, after a few attempts, he Allie did agree to go on a date with Johnny, and they went to the golf and stuff. So that's so in you know integral to the love stories here, the golf and stuff, like the center of everything. He says they kissed on the Ferris wheel, and they were madly in love, and they dated for two years. Yeah, and that's a long time in high school, Cole. 
It is. Uh, I actually, I, I dated my high school girlfriend for two years, so I, I get it. So it's a big relationship. Like that's yeah. a big thing when you're young and all the emotions and all that. While they were dating on Valentine's Day, they exchanged some gifts, and he 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 gave her a a pink jelly bracelet. He said, "Holy, sounds like something Johnny would get her." Right? <laughs> hey, those things were popular back then. I was gonna. My next thing was, do you remember those? Yeah, they yeah. were popular. You do remember those? You're older than me. Yeah, but I, I think I, I think I really remember more the slap bracelets. Hey, that was like '90s. It definitely was '90s. <laughs> Her gift, though, was the black headband, okay? Oh, yeah, the iconic black headband. Yeah, like filling in the other part of the coloring book. Cause, like, he wore that black headband in the movie, right? Now it's like giving a, like, a lot of meaning to his He's headband. Still wearing it. He's still wearing it now, he yeah. He still wears it. He was wearing it when he was training the kids earlier. He wears it in the dojo. So it, that gives a lot of meaning to his headband. Must be some I mean, good you know, cloth too, man. Thing that thing hasn't faded at all since <laughs> since the eighties. Yeah, hey, she, you know, she was rich. She got him a good one. Collecting sweat all for like you know almost forty years. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> got all the mo the dojo mojo in there. <laughs> so, but I was going to say that you know the Miyagi Do headband has a lot of meaning. Yes. And now we have a lot of meaning for Johnny's headband. Okay, it's, it's not just some random black headband that he that he got. It has yeah, it's got some meaning to it. Just like, like you said, like Daniel's the, the counterbalance, man. There it is. Totally. And so that is the counterbalance. And what what he's talking about right now is like the lead up to Karate Kid One from his point of view. Just so cool, Cole. I just have to like take a step back. And say, how cool is it that we actually have a a thing where Johnny Lawrence gets to explain Karate Kid One from his point of view, like thirty something years later, man. I love it, man. That is just such a bonus. I can't believe it. So amazing. And I was just completely caught up when he was talking about his story the first time i watched this show i was so wrapped like enraptured kind of was it i was completely transported and it was just seeing hearing another side of the story 30 years later from my childhood such such a big thing so miguel said what happened and johnny said well they got into a fight in the summer and they broke up like in the summer before their senior year so that that's like right before the movie and johnny said that they thought he thought they were going to fix things eventually which they may have done but then but then what happened old daniel larusso shows up daniel larusso came to town and the music it takes goes up another level here We got a flashback of Daniel and his mom like arriving. Yeah. And the music was going and I was just loving it. I was totally loving it. 
And so this was the moment from Johnny's point of view. Okay, Daniel's in the picture. Johnny's here. And Cole, I'd like to play a little game with you, if that's okay. Okay, okay. Putting you on the spot here. It's a game called True or False. Ooh, okay. And all I'm going to say what Johnny said, you know, his side of the story. And you just tell me if it was true or false. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Let's see how you do. So he begins the story by saying that he saw Daniel hitting on Allie at the beach. Is that true or false? That's true. That is totally true. One for one, Cole. You're doing great. And we're getting flashbacks about what happened on the beach, the editing, (laughs) seeing it. Okay, so here's your next one. Johnny said that he went to go have a civil conversation with Allie, but LaRusso kept butting in. Is that true or false? Half true. I don't know if it was completely civil. He looked like he was kind of heated. But it is true that Daniel did keep on interrupting him. Yes, uh, you do have a third option of saying um, half true. (laughs) Because that is half true. Let's say it's true. I I would call it true. Yeah, yeah. The civil part is where it gets a little murky, but yeah, you can say half true because yeah, that's kind of a half truth, <laughs> but mostly true. The next thing is that Johnny said that he told Luruso to mind his own business. Is that true or false? That is true. So yeah, he's given the straight truth from his point of view. And well, I was going to say that Johnny did leave some things out, okay? You know, the whole true or false thing, he does leave some things out here. He leaves out, he did leave out how he pushed Daniel down, you know, with the radio. Well, I don't know. I don't know if he really, did he push Daniel down or did he just, tri- he like tripped Daniel? Like Daniel was like trying to attack him and he tripped him, right? So that was after the push, okay? The push happened first. Okay, so the push, okay, the push did happen first. I do remember him throwing down the radio. Yeah. I think he might have broke the radio. We're going to have to go back and do a breakdown of the whole Karate Kid movies, which we will do, and we'll get that fight sorted out. Yeah. Piece by piece. But from my recollection, the push happened first. And so, because um, Johnny didn't say anything about that, he kind of left that part out. He didn't. Yep. He didn't mention the radio either. He didn't mention the radio at all. He, the next thing he said is he said that Daniel sucker punched him from out of nowhere. Is that true or false? Uh, yeah, it is true. He did sucker punch him. Uh, I don't know if it was out of nowhere, because I think like I, I was just like I was saying like I think just before that happened, Daniel tried to like attack him, but Johnny kind of just dodged him a couple times and made him trip over trip over his you know himself or over Johnny's foot, you know. Right. And then so Johnny goes over to talk to him, and then he turns around and sucker punches Johnny right in the face. He did right out of the sand. So, yep, I would call that a truth. So, yeah, I mean, that, that was kind of dirty from Daniel. I'm not going to lie. That was a pretty dirty, that was a dirty move. The sucker punch was, was kind of dirty. And, and that fight is, the, is, is like the center of this universe. So we'll have to break down that fight. We may do a special episode where we just break down the beach oh, scene. Yeah. But right now he's telling basically the whole truth. He's leaving a few things out. But he is telling the truth. 
So and, like the truth and omit, omitting things that he doesn't want to talk about. That's right. That's right. Um, whenever Johnny told Miguel, you know, that he got sucker punched by Daniel, Miguel said, what an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny said, I know, right? He said, I know, man. You know, I gotta, I gotta kind of agree with them, you know? Yeah. So that was really funny. Uh, Johnny said he, he started to defend himself and he said that he thought that it would end there, but then, like, later, Daniel got him with the hose at the Halloween dance. Yeah, he said right. it was months later. Mm-hmm. He said he hadn't seen Daniel for months. And here he comes with the... He, so, Johnny's in the stall rolling a joint. Right. And, you know, that's usually a peaceful kind of thing to do, right? Right. And uh, here comes Daniel with a hose and douses him with water after not seeing him for two months. Well, you know, it was months later, but Cobra Kai had been bullying Daniel in the interim. You know, they tossed true, him down the cliff. True. The soccer match and all that. Yeah, the yeah. soccer match. So this was, you know, that that we could talk about that for a whole another episode for sure. But and we will do eventually, probably. We're getting sucked into Karate Kid One now. <laughs> yeah, we're getting sucked into there because there's a lot there to talk about. But you know, but he did. But Johnny left out the part where Cobra Kai kept bullying Daniel in the interim. So that I will call that a false. How he said that out of nowhere, Daniel got him with the hose. So he kind of lied. He kind of lied about that, in my opinion. Yeah, Johnny I guess the, mo- the movie wasn't too clear on like how close together all those incidents happened. You know, so I'm not sure. This gray area there. Yeah, it was a few months. I mean, yeah, let's not get sucked into it. But yeah, it was at the beginning of school and then Halloween. So there was some time there. Uh, but yeah, let's let's leave that for now and just keep saying that Johnny went on to say that he and his friends, they chased down Daniel to put an end to things, you know, that night after he got hit by the hose. And But Daniel had a karate master backing him up. <laughs> <laughs> and the and the the karate master jumped him and his friends, and then he thinks that Tommy got brain damage because of the fight. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he might have been—I don't know—maybe he was serious about that. Yeah, but they had decided to end it all at the All Valley Tournament, and yeah, this that's the that's the movie, you guys. And yep, the music comes up again. We get flashbacks of the tournament. And Johnny started telling him about the fight, saying it was two to two, and Larusso won, right? And John, and that he lost. But he says the worst thing that was, it was that he lost Ali. Okay, he cares more about Ali than he did about the, tr- the tournament or the trophy or the rivalry. He he was in love with Ali, man. Definitely, I think he might still be a little bit. Looks like you know, he might still be too, and. What's so great about that story that he just went through is it, like I said, you know, we love Karate Kid as, and we love it as kids, but that story went in like colored oh, in the other side of the coloring book, you know? We get to see the whole, it just adds so much to Johnny Lawrence's character. So much. Like, I got to ask you a question, man. Go ahead. Oh, so at this point, after seeing, you know, after seeing that, you team you team Johnny or you team Daniel? 
I, you know, I love them both to death. You know, that, that that's a really great question. And yeah, seeing things from both sides now, you can, in my opinion, both are right and both are wrong. You know what I'm saying? Definitely, that's what makes it so man. great. You can't, you can't choose, you can't choose one over the other. You can't. That's what makes it so great. And not only can you not really find the correct blame for who it was, and it's kind of like intertwined like that. You know, they have different, differing philosophies, way differing philosophies, and and that's what's so great about it. So it we is. get to see the interplay of that, the the, the counterbalance. Mm-hmm. So I just really, really enjoyed that story, and it added so much oh, to yeah, man, one of my great. favorite childhood movies. So that was incredible, incredible scene. Johnny went on to say that he's telling Miguel all this to get him to watch out for the LaRussos. Watch out for this girl that you're dating. <laughs> they're, they're the real, they're the real snakes. Yeah. The LaRussos. <laughs> so yeah, eat your heart out, William Shakespeare. Cole, did you have anything more to say about that scene, dude? Oh no, man. It's just that, no, it was, it was great though, man. Just seeing everything from Johnny's perspective. Uh, Johnny's the real, Johnny's the real karate kid, man. Oh, shots fired. Shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk about it. So in the next scene, though, we are in the LaRusso backyard. Sam was looking a little upset by all that news. And Daniel was telling Lucille, he's talking to his mom about how he started doing martial arts again. And how he started training one of his workers, Robbie. Right? Yeah. And Daniel said he didn't really realize how, how much he missed it and how much he missed him, right? He, he just said him, and Lucille automatically knew it was Mr. Miyagi. Yep. Right? And I really like this because Lucille went on to say that, you know, that he, he was so good to them. And, yep. it, and what, I, what I liked about that is it showed that Lucille and, you know, Daniel's mom, like, still remembered what Mr. Miyagi did for them back then. And was like really thankful for what Mr. Miyagi did for them. It added some to to Lucille there, you know, because she wasn't in like Karate Kid Three, you know. She, it just showed that she was thankful, and I like that a lot. Yeah, he's like the the grandfather that Daniel never had, pretty much, Mr. Miyagi. Grandfather and or father too. Yeah, maybe even father. Louis started talking, you know, you know, mobster, mobster Louis here, mobster Louis. He started talking about how he met some bikers in Vegas, <laughs> <laughs> and he mobster was Louis. he was he yeah he was at the Palms and he was drinking Boilermakers. It was a sick time. <laughs> and to be honest, uh, drinking Boilermakers at the Palms in Vegas with Louis does kind of sound like a sick time. Oh, Louis Larusso. <laughs> yeah. Mobster Louie. So while he was there, he, you know, you're drinking, he came up with some business ideas. He came up with some business ideas with some bikers with um, LaRusso's luxury motorcycles, right? Because some bikers showed up out front to meet Louie. So he had this business idea, LaRusso's luxury motorcycles. And Daniel said, he told Louie to stop using his name to make business deals. Like, he, he already told, he already did this once before, it sounds like. And Louis said, hey, I'm sorry, cuz, and all that stuff, and <laughs> I'll make it up to you. Amanda said, where have you heard that before? 
Lucille defends him, and like her and Amanda start to argue. Yeah, just saying, oh, lay off him. It's you know just a just a mistake. Yeah, you know how it is. With, and the, you know, oh, the, yeah. the, argue, the you know that argument started and it spilled over into everything, including the pasta salad again. Like that's back on the table. <laughs> and uh, you know, Amanda offers to make Lucille anything she wants. You want anything? I'll give you anything you want. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the kitchen right now. And uh, and Anthony jumped in. He said, "Well, if you're heading that way, grab me a yoo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> Sam says, "You make everything worse." Yeah, yeah. And they, he told her to shut up. And everyone started arguing. You know, <laughs> the barbecue is ruined. You know, you, you know, family. Everybody's drama. arguing. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel had, Daniel had his head in his hands. A Dean Martin song or whatever played on. Hey, don't say hey, shut don't up. Say that that word. Word. I don't like that. That was some good editing there with the music. Oh, yeah. You know how it is when a family dinner can get ruined when people start to argue and stuff. Do you have anything else to say about that scene, Cole? <laughs> Man, Louie's a punk. <laughs> Mobster Louie. You know, yeah. I think he, he has he like he means well and he's got a good heart, you know. But he's just one of those guys. Exactly. He's just, he's dopey. <laughs> there it's it dopey. Is. It's dopey cousin <laughs> Louie, who thinks he's a gangster, but he's not. He's a wannabe gangster. <laughs> right there, it is. <laughs> in the next scene, guys, we are in the Reseda Heights parking lot. You know, that's where Johnny and Miguel live, and they're coming home from the training. Carmen sees them. That's Miguel's mom. Remember. And she asked, how's, how's it going? And Johnny told her that, you know, he's doing great. So she said to Miguel, head inside. Rose is making some seco de carne. I looked that up. I looked that up. It's some Peruvian stew beef in the recipe. Okay. Man. Yeah, it looks it actually looked pretty good with some pumpkin stuff in there. It's like chia seeds and stuff. So, yeah, Peruvian stew beef. Carmen asked Johnny if he had any dinner plans. And... Johnny said he's got a couple of hot pockets. He's good. <laughs> and Carmen said, well, I sound like the opposite of good. And he starts to politely decline when she says, I insist, my dojo, my rules. And Cole, you just can't say no to that. Yeah, I think, you know, it's going to seem like she was like flirting with him just a little bit with that. I would say so. A little yeah. bit. But yeah, you can't say no to that invitation. And we cut to the Diaz apartment when they're in there. They're at the dinner table. They're having some dinner, you guys. We're right in the middle of the prayer. It's in Spanish. And Rosa gave thanks for their new friend, Johnny. I like that. Already <laughs> calling him a friend. Yep. And she starts to do like the, the you know, amen, like Catholic amen and stuff. And Johnny joined in right at the end. Amen. He said, that, he said, that one I know. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't understand a word of Spanish. Yeah. So I love Johnny's like table etiquette here. Yeah. Go into what would Johnny Lawrence be like to have dinner with? This would be like. <laughs> so they started talking about the tournament, and Carmen says she hopes Miguel does not get hurt. And Miguel said, "You know, mom, there's referees there. He can't get hurt." But Johnny said, "Yeah, at least you know, not permanently." <laughs> and Carmen gave him a look like, "What?" And they keep going. Carmen asked Johnny, you know, where he grew up. He told her he grew up in Encino. She she kind of said, you know, there's a lot of nice houses there. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what he said to that, Cole? Yeah, just because you have, just because you live in a nice house, doesn't mean nice things are going on inside. 
And that's pretty true. That's a deep statement. Yeah, it is. It totally like what does that mean to you? Does that Yeah, I mean just just cuz just just cuz something looks like it's really nice on the outside doesn't necessarily mean you know it's it's good on the inside. Totally. Both and and you could say that both ways too. Just because a house you know looks bad doesn't mean there's yeah not like good don't going don't on. saying you know don't judge a book by its cover. I guess you know. Totally, it's all about the people that are living in there. That's what it's all about: the people, the connections, the relationships, and yeah, this is a character-driven show. So I like that. It's all about the people, you guys. So think about that. You know, just because you go out and buy a nice house, it's the you know, it's all about what you make. What you make of it on the inside. Gotta have fun, y'all. So Johnny said he's like eating. He says, mm, "I really like these bananas." <laughs> and Car said, "Those are plantains." He said, "In English, they're called bananas." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got no clue. He's got he's got no clue what plantains are. <laughs> yeah. At that moment, Miguel got a call on his phone and. Carmen said he could leave the table to answer it. And Miguel went to his room and it was Sam. You know, she's calling. She said her house is like World War Three right now. Her family's fighting and she's going to have to play the role of peacemaker. You know, that's, that's never fun. Miguel said, well, maybe he can take her to the movies tomorrow. You know, ask her out another date, kind of. And yeah, they start to they start to make plans. This is a big moment here. They start to make plans. And they start talking about Cobra Kai, about him training, you know. And Sam said, well, there's a lot of other dojos in the valley. And that maybe Miguel should give another one a try. What do you think about that question, Cole? She knows that her dad's not going to approve because he's a Cobra Kai. So she's trying to, like, urge him to go to a different dojo. Which, not going to work with Miguel. Come on. He's Cobra Kai. You know, you could look at this question two ways. One, the way that you said, get him out of Cobra Kai so Daniel yeah. will approve. There's another way to look at it, too, that she is looking out for Miguel and she's hearing all these bad things about Cobra Kai and she just wants to get him out of like a bad dojo. Oh, yeah. Okay? It could be a selfish question or it could be, you know, you can look at it both ways. And I don't know if we really can figure that one out. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. I didn't think about your, you know, the other uh, option there. To me, it just seemed like oh, she was probably just trying to, you know, get her dad to approve of him. Yeah, but yeah, you're probably maybe you're right. It could be one or the other, yeah. and that's a big deal. So, so Sam wants him to change dojos because of what she heard about Cobra Kai, but Miguel said that he can't leave. He's in, you know, this is a really positive thing for him. He said Johnny's tough, but he makes them tough. It's true. That's how that's how that's how Johnny does things. Tough love. Yeah, he's like a he's like a drill sergeant. You know, he, he cares about he cares about his students, but he's tough at the same time. Totally tough. But yeah, did you hear that about uh you know he said I ask Aisha. Oh with Hawk? Yeah. Ask Hawk. Oh wait, you can't ask Hawk, he's getting a rabies shot right now. Yeah, because he, he got bit by the dog. Yeah. <laughs> That is funny. Dano comes in her room at this moment, and this is another huge thing, okay? He walks into her room and says that he need he needed help with the fa you know family fighting. And she kind of like hid her laptop screen. Did you notice? 
Because, yeah, because she's talking to a Cobra Kai. Daniel asked who she was talking to, and she said, nobody, just her lab partner. Ooh, and you could tell that hurt Miguel a little bit. Oh, yeah. He kind of he cringed a little bit when she said that. He said, nobody. And, yeah, that is a mistake. I mean, okay. Like, like he thinks, oh, maybe she's ashamed of me. Totally ashamed, potentially. And, you know, she doesn't want D- Daniel to find out that she's dating a Cobra Kai. Yeah, exactly. And the only thing I have to say in her defense, it is a mistake, okay? I will admit, okay? I mean, I like Sam a lot, y'all. So just l- let it be known. But, yeah, this is a mistake. But what I will say, and this is kind of like those other things that happened earlier, like the not defending of Aisha and stuff. Yeah. The, the one thing I will say is this happened in like a split second. Okay, like this is something that happened. Like she didn't plan it. Okay, she didn't plan. It's kind of like a yeah, she reaction. just reacted. Yeah, it was a reaction. It's a bad reaction. And the same thing like with the Aisha. I didn't mean to bring up the Aisha stuff again, but that stuff just kind of happened. And yeah, the reaction wasn't good, but it wasn't like something that was pre thought out. Right. You know, the reaction wasn't great, but it was kind of like something that just it was kind of like a surprise it happened okay so that's my only defense for that but i will say that that's a big mistake and it did hurt miguel big time yeah you could tell if you were dating a a girl and you really really liked her i mean you know what it's like yeah and you're talking to her and you're really thinking about the future and stuff and then her dad walks in and she says nobody makes you feel small man makes you feel like you're nothing that's gonna break your heart that would, I think he just got his heart broken, in my opinion, if he heard that correctly. So it's an awkward moment, and I think Miguel did hear it the way that he reacted. No, he did. You, you, yeah. you see on his face, he, he kind of like, he kind of cr- you know, cringed a bit when she said that. Back at the dinner table, Carmen was talking to Johnny, and she said that she's, she's glad that Miguel's been making some friends because it's been hard on Miguel. She starts to talk about their past. You know, she says they she's had to move around a lot. And that Carmen says that they're from Ecuador, actually. Yep. Johnny asked, why did they leave? And Rosa, you know, the grandmother, she answered in Spanish, <laughs> right? She said, because she, because she fell in love with the shithead. <laughs> <laughs> that sums it up. I can kind of sum it up sometimes. Cabeza de mierda. There it is. <laughs> Carmen breaks it down a little bit more, right? She said that, you know, she got married at 18. And after she got pregnant, she found out that her husband's, about her husband's job and that he was a bad man and they had to move to get away from him, y'all. That's tragic. But good for her for getting out of that situation for her kid. Yeah, yeah, definitely good. That shows a lot. It's tough on, uh, on Miguel, but she's protecting him. So I'm glad that she did that. That's that shows some stuff for Carmen there. And Johnny said that he was sorry about that situation. And but, but Carmen came back and said, you know, don't be. She said she's moved on long ago, and that you can't let the mistakes of your past determine your future. Yep. What do you think about that? That's uh, those wise words, man. It's true too. And uh, 
you know, Johnny maybe maybe made Johnny think a little bit also, you know. Oh yeah, he was thinking. I have it in my notes right here. It says Johnny looked like he was thinking, so <laughs> it hit him and definitely. But but the whole can't let the mistakes of your past determine your future. That is easy. It's easier said than done. So definitely, we'll say that. But it's something to think about, and it's something to strive for. And 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 these are tough lessons, y'all. Like you know, there's some tough situations in life, and and things are hard. So. It's not always just easy, but yeah, you can strive for it. And sometimes just, just, just trying is makes all the difference folks. So good lessons in this show. So like you said, Cole, Johnny thought it looked like he was thinking, I was going to say, what do you think he was thinking about in that moment? Maybe you see, okay, maybe I can make things better for myself. I don't have to dwell in the past. I agree with you. It really hit him because he came home from the dinner the next scene was him walking into his apartment and i don't, I don't know if you noticed but they they uh, gave him like uh, some leftovers and like a tupperware thing did you notice that <laughs> yeah that was cool i gave yep. him a little bit of food to go because she's she knows all he's got his hot pockets so he came home and he like opened the door and he just like kind of noticed how messy and unorganized his apartment was because that matters that stuff matters it does. And something it's hard to do it sometimes and he but he knows that he just got to do it. So he he sighed and and we and we get another montage here Cole. You know we love the montages. That's a Johnny cleaning montage. We get a, a Johnny cleaning montage. Yes. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. So here's the breakdown of the Johnny cleaning montage. He first thing he did was he cleared off all the beer cans off the coffee table in one fell swoop. And like one big arm thing took them all he did, he, off. You see the clearing stick, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Trailer Park Boys, like like exactly. Ricky from Trailer Park Boys. That's right. He needed a stick, but he did it all in one fell swoop. He cleaned off the kitchen counter and he dumped out the stuff that was on the stove. And he did. He cleared off more beer cans off the shelf. So he's just he's cleaning up his apartment, cleaning up his life. So that's awesome. Molting, you guys. Yeah. Shedding the skin. Shedding the old Johnny skin. In the next scene, y'all, we are back at the LaRusso household. And Robbie was riding in on his skateboard and he walked to the backyard, y'all. And he saw Sam sunbathing there. Kind of walked in on her. But he decided to turn around, and dude, it was so funny, man. He went face first <laughs> into the Miyagi like wooden door chime thing. Oh, hey. Hi. Sorry, I was, I was looking for Mr. Larusa. <laughs> you know, from the Karate Kid yeah, movies. Yeah, the wind, the wind chime. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It made, it made the old sound, but it's so funny. That's the way they brought it back. Is Robbie went face first into it, man. It's really, really funny. So yeah, he got he got caught, but yeah. So D uh, Daniel kept that wooden chime, man. So that's pretty awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. He kept it. Yeah, it is awesome. So Robbie's like, "Whoa!" He said, "He said, hey, I'm looking for Daniel. I've trained with him, you know." And she said, "Oh, well, thanks for taking my place in the training. You know, you must be so." And he said, "Well, you must be Sam then." And so this is Sam and Robbie's first meeting, you guys. This is their very, very first meeting. And at that moment, Daniel showed up. 
and he was talking, but Robbie was like kind of looking at at Sam. You know, you could tell he kind of he kind of liked her. Yeah. Sam told Robbie, "Good luck with the tree," because Daniel's taking him out. So. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, a tree." <laughs> mm-hmm. He doesn't know, but we know, folks. We know, don't we? Daniel starts to drive Robbie out to the lake to train. And we get we get some of the dojo musics happening. And so Daniel told Robbie that the he used to go out to this lake with Mr. Miyagi. It was like north of town, but it like dried out. So they, they had to go to this other lake that, that Daniel found. So this is so this is Daniel's lake, y'all, that he found. I really, really like this because we go into nature and we get the dojo music and we're gonna learn some more lessons out here, guys. So we're out in nature, we're out next to the lake with Robbie and Daniel and Daniel told Robbie to close his eyes and listen. Listen just to the sounds of nature. And yep, Daniel said, that's it. No distractions out here, out in nature. That's what Miyagi-Do is all about. What do you hear? Nothing. That's exactly it. The silence. Enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Out in this beautiful nature with the lake and everything. And hey, that's more of the yin and the yang. You're right. Johnny and Daniel. Johnny, yep, Johnny, yep, you can see it now. Johnny took the kids out to this junkyard and had them doing all this dangerous stuff with dogs and breaking glass and all this crazy stuff, which is a good way to train in a way. But then you see Daniel's side of things where he takes his student out to this really beautiful nature. Really like serene place, yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know what? That's that's a good way to train too. it's the count, like you said, the yin yang, the, uh, the counterbalance. Beautiful stuff, y'all. We cut to Johnny's apartment, and he's fixing the TV. Hey, it's back after getting broke. Yeah. <laughs> the TV's back. And he, and he wall mounted it. Yeah. <laughs> so he fixed the TV, and he's looking at a picture of his mom. Yep. That was Laura's mom. So that was cool. And his apartment is clean, like for the first time in the whole show. <laughs> and he was watching some Iron Eagle, you guys. You know, that's his favorite movie. He was watching the scene where Chappie comes back. Spoil, you know, spoiler alert, y'all. Chappie comes back. <laughs> it's nice of you to join us for the occasion, Mr. Iron Eagle, sir. Chappie? Hey! <laughs> <laughs> You told us you went down in the mud. And I was going to say that there's a little bit of philosophy going on here with Iron Eagle, right? I kind of noticed it this time. So in the first episode, we saw Johnny and he was watching some Iron Eagle. Yep. And it's the scene where he's, you know, the pilot is talking to Chappie and he's he's lost okay he's lost and he's hearing the chappy tape and all that stuff he didn't know where to go and he didn't really know where to go in that moment in the first episode 
Yeah, so what's going on in the movie's echoing what's going on in Johnny's yes. life. Yes, in this yeah. scene, Chappie is back. It's like the celebration scene. You know, they're having fun at the end of the movie. So it's kind of like it's come around. He, he's got himself back a little bit. And he goes to the fridge to get like a celebratory beer, you know, after you clean your apartment or whatever. But he decided, he, he said, no, I'm going to try a little bit of orange juice. I'm going to drink this cheap this cheap orange juice in a, in a milk, uh, you know, container. Uh-huh. This orange <laughs> stuff. Right. And he like the way he tasted it, Cole, it looked like he had like never had orange juice in like years and years and years. <laughs> you were just like, huh? Like this is, this actually is good. It was funny. I wonder how old that OJ was in there, man. That was really funny, man. Uh, he, or, or maybe he went to go get some groceries or something, right? <laughs> because the way he just tasted it, it was really funny. He just he's just like, huh? Yeah. Like, or, like orange juice is good. Huh. Like, I've never I had it. I can drink something other than beer. <laughs> other than beer, other than Coors Original. <laughs> <laughs> Back at the lake, though, Daniel was doing. Oh man, you guys, this was another good scene, great scene. Daniel was doing kata with Robbie on the pier. Oh yeah, right? it's like synchronized kata. Yes, and we get another training montage. Another montage, you guys. You know, we love our montages here. So just like Karate Kid 1, we have like them doing synchronized karate moves. And that's just like Karate Kid 1. You know oh, yeah. it. Like Daniel and Mr. Miyagi. And the original soundtrack was playing at this point. They brought it back from the movie. That's The song is called... Is, is titled Training Hard, and that's, of course, by Bill Conti, the original score there. What do you think about all that, Cole? Oh man, it's a another callback, you know, to the first film with you know the way Miyagi was training Daniel, like you know near the beach, I guess, or whatever. It's kind of what Mr. Miyagi and Daniel were training, you know. Also a serene place, though, you know. Daniel was standing on the uh, the post coming out of the water from the pier, training there. Yeah, it was kind of a callback to that. Yes, it was a it was total callback to that. It's this that's the same song that they were playing when they were training on the beach. Yep, doing that stuff on on the posts and yeah. So Daniel has become Mr. Miyagi here, of course. Very very obvious, and it's awesome because they're doing. It's beautiful, y'all. We have the music going. They're doing kata and karate moves on some rocks, some beautiful rock area. They're doing some kicks by the lake shore. Then Daniel was even wearing the umpire gear. Yep. Man, that is so cool. Just like wow. Mr. Miyagi. Wow, you guys. Oh, my heart. I'm telling you. Is, I wonder, if, is that even the same stuff? Probably not, but, but maybe. That's, that's amazing, dude, that he's put that on and seeing him do it in the, yeah, hit me. He's telling Robbie how to put the power of your whole body into one inch of the punch. Yeah, just the first two knuckles there, yep. Just like Karate Kid 1. 
it's a bunch of it there. So we, we and we got some more shots of them training on the rocks. You know, this is more of the montage here. The final shot was them on the pier, right? And you had their silhouettes with the sun in the oh, background. Oh, there it dude. is. It was just like Karate Kid One, and that is like art. Like if you pause, if you just pause the show, like while that was, high, it's like you could just mount that on the wall, man. It was perfect. <laughs> I'm serious. So, so they're walking back in the forest, right after all that. And Robbie said that you know after doing all that, he feels like Jackie Chan. And so that's a little call to, and you know we don't talk about it too much, but the Karate Kid re reboot. I think it was 2010, oh, yeah. right? You know, let's, just, Jackie... let's, just forget, let's just forget about that. <laughs> they mention it though here because you know <laughs> Jackie Jackie Chan was was the mentor there, so they so they do kind of mention it here. So there's one. Um, Daniel told Robbie that you know, hey, you're a natural, but there's always another lesson to be learned. Is what yeah, he, he said. said don't, yeah, don't 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 get cocky now because yeah, exactly. There's always something to be learned. Okay, and then Robbie said. Is that another Miyagi saying? Do you remember what Daniel said? He said, no, I just made that one up. <laughs> Cole, I don't know if you noticed, but that is straight out of Karate Kid 2. Y'all, after Daniel and Miyagi were training, you know, with the with the hooks and everything, and they come back yeah. and Miyagi told them another saying, and Daniel said, is that another Okinawan saying? And then Miyagi had said, no, it's a new one. And then Dan That's said, right. about how new? He said, about 15 seconds. <laughs> so that is, they, so they do that right yeah, there, dude. Just taking a page out of Mr. Miyagi's book again. He man. did, yep. because, because Daniel said, no, I just made that one up. But don't get too cocky. There's always another lesson to be learned. Is that a Mr. Miyagi saying? Nah, I just made that one up on the fly. Not bad, right? Daniel said, lie become truth only if person want to believe it. Is that another old Okinawan saying? No, new Okinawa saying. How new? Mm, about 10 seconds. So that's that's straight out of Karate Kid 2. So that's two right there. Robbie said, are we headed home? And Daniel said, you wish, right? You know, <laughs> he, he said, you know the moves, but none of that matters unless you have balance. Yep. Robbie countered that by saying, yeah, I balance on my skateboard every day. But Daniel countered that by saying, I mean balance in your life. Yep, in whole life, Danielson. Yeah. And that affected Robbie. You could tell. Because, you know, he was being all confident. You could tell he was feeling good about all the moves and stuff. And... But then, you know, it brought him back. You know, he has some, you know, all this home life stuff, you know. He, kind of brought him back down to earth there with that. This is some of the more of the lessons here, you guys. Daniel goes on to say that, because he knows what's going on, right? He said he knows that it's tough growing up without a dad. I guess Robbie had told him, you know, his dad's situation a little bit. He said, you know, it's tough growing up without a dad because his, his dad died when he was young. Hey, and that happens, you guys. I mean, there's some tough stuff that happens out there in life. Yeah. Daniel goes on to say, but when you you got those bad feelings, it all weighs you down. You have to search inside, inside for the good stuff. Because then you can find some balance in your life. And he finished that by saying, 
Do you understand? Oh my gosh, dude. That's that's three, maintain four. the good with the bad. It's just like Mr. Miyagi. Just like Mr. Miyagi. Yeah, he said, Do you understand? Just like Mr. Miyagi, dude. That was amazing. That was so amazing. And let's talk about that, you guys, real quick. When he said about those when the bad feelings weigh you down, you have to search for the good stuff inside. Search inside because then you can find some balance in your life, you know. Like, how do you feel about that? That those sentences there, Cole. It's it's uh, it's true, man. Uh, you, uh, as hard as it is, uh, sometimes when everything seems like it's going bad, you gotta try to try to find the good in it. Sometimes you have to, you know, look inside yourself, you know, to find that. You know, think about what's what, there's something, you know, what the, what were the good things I know about myself. This is what's good, you know? Yeah. Yes. And I really like the connection of Robbie and Daniel, you know, Daniel coming down and saying that he knows what it's like to grow up without a dad and everything. And and that's some tough stuff. Yeah. Trying to tell him, you know, I understand. I understand where you're coming from. Yep. So that's kind of a big part of Karate Kid and and Cobra Kai too, like the, the father figure aspect. So that's another reason why all this stuff, it really resonated with me. And it's a big deal. Search inside for the good stuff. Again, easier said than done, folks. Easier said than done. But this show is going to go into some of that good stuff inside. So, yeah, I was going to say that like this show, it is it has a lot of action. It has a lot of funny stuff. It's got a lot of nostalgia. But... It has some really amazing lessons, life lessons that are real, you guys, real. And, and, and they expand upon some real life lessons and they do it with the, the characters from our childhood. So it's just, it's just amazing. It's, it's, it's great. Man. It's not just for fun. You know, it's not, it, it could have been just all fun, but it's, there's a lot of, yeah, good there's some funny moments, there's some serious moments and there's some, totally. yeah, some good things to learn from it. And I'm glad of that. So. That, that that in itself is balance, right? One hundred percent. Well said, there, Cole. Actually, well said. But Daniel fol- follows all that by saying it's not easy, but you will do it, Robbie. You will. And at that moment, I don't, you know, Robbie was about to break, dude. He was about to break and tell Daniel yep. why he want the whole thing about why he wanted to Almost. be there, the dealership. Yep, he's he's about to t- tell him that he was Johnny's son. You know, man, this was a mistake here because he backs he off. He, he yeah, he didn't. It. He just said thanks for teaching me. He's like, I got something to tell you, and then he said thanks for teaching me, dude. He almost did it, and I gotta say, you know, I love Robbie, you guys, I do. This was a mistake, or like it wasn't so much a mistake as it was you know he just needed to do it you know and it, it would have been a hard thing to do you know yeah maybe he thinks if he said something he would be uh kind of hurting daniel a little bit you know oh yeah yeah, yeah. that would have been a hard thing that would have that would have affected their relationship uh, negatively so it would have been a hard thing to do it's a tough mistake to own up to especially because now they're having a, a really great connection and everything but yeah, a slight mistake from Robbie there. I will admit, you know, he needs to come clean, unfortunately. And that's a tough thing to do. So Daniel said, hey, well, don't thank me yet. You know, you're about to hate me. 
because of the tree, right? He told Robbie to get on the tree and find <laughs> your balance. He gets him to start doing some karate moves on the tree. And so he was able to do the first two, but the, the hook kick made him fall off the tree, if you remember. Yep. Polly is underneath the tree, so. Yeah, yeah. Didn't get hurt too bad. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad for the for the leaves there. And Daniel told Robbie to let him know he can do all the kicks without falling, right? And he took his phone out. Whoa, no phones, right? Robbie said, "Hey, I thought <laughs> I thought we had no distractions." But Daniel said, "Hockey doesn't count." Yeah, he's he watching like, the Jersey. He's watching the Devils game. He said, "He's a hockey guy." Which, by the way, you know, Jersey Devils. He's still so he's you know even though he's been in California almost. So, you know, most of his life at this point, he's still a fan of the uh, back. You know, his team from back home. Hey, you're right. That's a nice catch. I didn't think about that. Nice catch. He's yeah. He's a hometown boy. Uh, do you have any more stuff to say about that scene, Cole? Not really. I mean, yeah. He's he's teaching. He's teaching Robbie. You know, the uh, the art of, of balance, not just a physical balance, but also uh, balance in, in in whole life. Mm-hmm. It looks like Robbie is a pretty like natural athlete, and he's like learning all that stuff pretty well. So physically, I think he's doing great. But yeah, the whole mental aspect, the whole family thing—that's going to be tough for him. That's going to be the tougher thing. Yep. So at the next scene, though, we are at a movie theater, y'all, and Miguel, Aisha, and Hawk—they're—they're they're all talking in the theater. Like, I don't know why they have to be talking in the theater, you guys. You know, I mean, even Sam, kids. Sam was talking in the theater, y'all. Don't talk in the theaters, you guys. But yeah, they're talking in the theater. Miguel was talking about the situation with Sam's dad. You know, he—you know—because Sam called, said nobody. Y'all remember? So he's concerned about that. While yeah. they're talking about it, Hawk's throwing some milk duds, just like that. <laughs> yep, yep. So here's the question, though: Do you do you think Miguel told them J- Johnny's story, and that now he, he's just emulating that, or is Hawk doing this on his own? I th- I think he I'm thinking he probably told them the story because I don't think you know knowing Hawk slash Eli, I don't think Eli would just think to start throwing milk duds at somebody. Yep, there's another reason I think that he told them the story as well here later. So he's throwing some milk duds at some girl, right? Um, that's so funny. And Miguel said that the reason what's going on is Sam's dad hates Cobra Kai. And that because he's in Cobra Kai, by the transitive property of hate, Daniel's going to hate him too. And Hawk, Hawk Hawk heard him say that and said he said Jesus you're such a nerd <laughs> saying that Hawk says this so yeah Hawk yeah so Hawk I was yeah. say Hawk's starting to become a bully he is a little bit it's part of the Cobra Kai stuff to you know to do that Aisha said just talk to Daniel you know he's really nice she's known him since the third grade you know she's Sam's friend from back then and Daniel is a nice guy he really is. Yep, he is. Miguel said, you know, he thinks that Sam's like embarrassed of him or something's going on. And she hasn't even invited him over yet. And Hawk said, just go over there. It's an alpha move, <laughs> which is another yeah. reason. Yeah, it's another reason I thought that Miguel told him the story because he said alpha move just like. Definitely, just like Johnny and Dutch throwing the milk duds. Yep. So, I, so. 
M&M's in the popcorn probably be pretty good. Milk duds in the popcorn, I don't think would be very good at all, to be honest. I don't know, man. I never tried either, but you know, I'm down to give it a try. Sometime. I'm down to give it a try. I'm down to give it a try, y'all. <clears throat> so Hawk threw another one, but it hit like an adult man. <laughs> <laughs> he was not not happy about it. No, no, he turned around. He was not happy. He he yelled, who threw that? And and like Hawk just started acting like a normal again. <laughs> Expecting you lying. So, so that's a different ending to the milk dud throwing strategy this time. It doesn't always work out. The next scene, we are back at the woods by the lake. And Robbie's doing the moves on the tree. And we have another good montage of him doing it. And he actually did the moves. He actually did that hook kick three times in a row, if you notice. Yeah. Got it three times in a row. And he sat down. And Robbie was kind of like enjoying the forest for a second. He could hear the birds. He could hear the trees. He kind of like smiled, you know, a little bit. I don't think he gets out in nature very often. Okay. So this was cool for him. And I think, I think he found a little balance out there in the peaceful nature. Like that worked for him. Okay. He, he kind of needed that. So that was cool to see him get a little inner peace out there. I feel like. Yeah, man. And he went to go find Daniel. And when he found him, did you see what Daniel was doing? Yeah, he's like pulling like a like a Luke Skywalker move, man. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. It was like it's a like Luke a, Skywalker. Like a one like a one armed handstand. One hundred percent. He almost got it. And he was upside down, but he fell over. Robbie asked him what he was doing. Daniel said it was the last thing that Mr. Miyagi taught him. It was the strongest kick. But only Mr. Miyagi could do it. You have to put one hand down and use it frees up both legs for the kick, right? Daniel said that only Mr. Miyagi could do it, you know. So but Robbie said he finished he finished the kicks and everything, and Daniel said, Well, now that you mastered that, it's time for the next challenge. <laughs> Finding the car. <laughs> Gotta get out of here. So that was funny. What did you think about that scene? That's great, man. Yeah, Robbie's Robbie's finding his balance out in the woods. Yeah, I, I'm glad that uh, they then, showed that. Now I'm interested too. I'm like, well, oh, what's this? What's this uh, special kick that only Mr. Miyagi knows how to do? You know? Yeah, we got another. So, that's something new. That's something a little bit new, I think. Another. Yeah, some additional Miyagi Do moves here. We have the crane kick, and now we have this other special kick. So that's cool. The next scene, y'all. We are at Sid's mansion for the first time I call it sid's mansion and we're at sid's mansion and sid was yelling at his his helper Rhonda. okay i, I just love their interactions <laughs> <laughs> he was yelling at Rhonda about about the bagel you know it's such like a, a pretentious he's, thing to yell he's, about. he's mean to her a little bit yeah oh yeah yeah he, but and, and but she, she throws it right back at him He's like mad because the bagel wasn't toasted on the bagels and locks. <laughs> and so that was really, really funny. And you know, she, she was throwing it right back at him. He, he's like, who knows what you know? He's like, there's someone at the door. She's like, I know. And <laughs> Who knows what you know? Who, who, knows, knows, what you know? who knows what you know? So I, I was just going to say that I think this is the most likely spinoff. Like, I want to see Sid and Rhonda. <laughs> Sid and Rhonda spinoff. So that was good, Jeez. man. That was good. I really loved it. Johnny shows up there, though. And Sid guessed that 
Johnny was there for more money. He's like, you need more money. Ed Asner was really crushing this role, by the way. He did a great job just being this guy. So Johnny gave the money back and said, you know, it was the only thing you had to give. That's the only thing you had to give. And he told him goodbye and he walked off. He was smiling, dude. That that was big for him. It looks like Sid actually thought about it for a second. You know, he's like, huh, okay. He hit him. He didn't expect that. Johnny bought him out kind of in a way. He's done with Sid. And Boom. so that that's another molting thing for Johnny. Yeah, it is. He molted out of the whole Sid controlling aspect. It's great stuff, you guys. The next scene, we're back at the LaRusso household. And Daniel and Robbie were coming back from the lake training, y'all. Amanda and Lucille were in the kitchen, and they were getting along. They were getting along, Cole. Something must have happened. Something must have happened. You know, Sam came in and said, and Daniel's like, hey, you know, Sam said, you owe me. So she, because she took them to the mall. Peacemaker. Yeah, she was a peacemaker. Mm-hmm. She took them to the mall. Something happened. They're getting along right now. Maybe they were drinking some wine now a little bit. They're cooking it up. Daniel asked Robbie if he wanted to stay for dinner, right? I mean, there's food there. They're sharing. I mean, the wine is there. Really good food. I mean, Robbie's got like no food at his house barely right now, if you remember, and all that stuff. Yeah. His home life's not great. So there's the food there. Rob, uh, Daniel's there to be nice. And Sam's there, too. He took a glance at Sam, too, if you noticed. Yeah, and they started talking to each other. Yeah. He said, sure, I'll stay for dinner. I'll stay for dinner. That's, that's not so bad, but but man, at that moment, Miguel had rode his bike over. Oh, yeah. To introduce himself to Daniel as, as Sam's boyfriend, dude. This is a big moment. This is a strike first thing. He's striking first here. He's doing that alpha move that Hawk recommended. He was like out in front of the door, like practicing it. He's ready, yeah. Trying to get ready to go in there. Wow, dude. So good for Miguel. But unfortunately, you know, they're not there. They're in the backyard. He can hear them. So he walked around and right. He saw Robbie having dinner with the LaRusso talking to Sam. I think he's got he's got no idea who Robbie is at this point, right? Yeah. No, they still don't know each other. Yeah. But yeah, from Miguel's point of view, I mean, she was being little sketch with her dad there, you know, hiding the laptop and saying nobody and stuff. And now she's like flirting with this guy at this dinner. Not cool. That must have been a long ride home on the bike. Man, you know, to be fair, he, you know, I don't know if, you know, maybe they were kind of flirting a little bit, but who knows for, he, for all he knows, that could be like, you know, a family friend, a cousin. You don't know. He, he doesn't know who Robbie is yet. But, of course, I would assume that, too, if I saw that. I'd be, I'd be mad. So I, I, I 100% understand where he's coming from. Yeah. I probably would have done the same thing. What are you going to do? Go in there and blow up the whole dinner, right? Oh, so. man. If, if, if your brand-new girlfriend is ashamed of you, you, you know, so you think, and you show mm. up to her house and you see her talking to another guy that, you have no, that you've never seen, yeah. of course you're going to get mad. I'd be mad, and I would probably bail out, too. Yeah, dude, I wouldn't even talk to her again, probably. No. I think there's some people that would go into the dinner, but 
I, I, I think I would have just bailed out, and that would be a long ride home. Oh no, going going to the dinner would be would even worse because he then he would have been walking in there mad. Yeah, you know, and that's no. So he, he good on him for not actually going up there and doing it at that point because he you know he would have made things way worse. Yeah, so that's kind of a heartbreaking moment. We have some of that sad like rock music happening. And it continues as we go to Johnny's apartment and he's writing a letter straight to Robbie, dude, like pen and paper. And the way he starts it off, it's, it's good. He says, well, Robbie, because you refuse to answer my calls and I refuse to text or email, I'm going <laughs> old school and writing you a letter. So, it, it it's sad and funny at the same time. It's sad that Robbie refuses to answer his father's calls, dude. And it's also sad that he's like just now kind of sitting down and you know try to patch things up with Robbie, like just now. You know? Oh yeah, that's a is a huge thing. It's a huge thing, Cole. You're exactly right. This is a big part of Johnny's molting, but he's trying. You know, so that's good. He is trying, and yeah, like it's kind of funny because Johnny refuses to text or email. He refuses to text or <laughs> he's email. So, he's like, he's, he's, yeah, he's so out of touch with technology. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the letter goes on, and it says he's been doing a lot of thinking lately, and he realized how badly he screwed up his life, but that his biggest screw up was with Robbie. Dude. He says, yep. is my, my biggest screw-up was with you. At least he acknowledges that, too. That's good. Yeah, this is the core right here. This is it. He has to approach this problem. You know, we were talking about it, right? Like, is it too late? That whole thing. And it's really sad because he looks up at, like, Robbie's soccer picture when he was a kid, you know, from 2010. Yeah. Like, the, and it, it's, like, that's an actual picture, I think. And it's sad because, like, is that like the most recent picture that he has? It might be. It looks like it probably is. Yeah. So it's really, really sad. But it's great. It's you know he wants to make things right. Okay, so we're go- we're moving in the right direction. This is some big character development from Johnny Lawrence, you guys. I guess in a way, even Johnny's finding his own balance right now. He's, he totally is too, even though it's not from Daniel's book. He's doing it his own way. He's doing it his own way, and he's approaching his biggest, he calls it screw-up, you know. He's got to make things right, and this is a big character character development from where we started, folks. Just think about where we started yeah. and where we are right now. His apartment's clean. You know, he's trying to clean up his life, trying to make things right. This is the molting, 100%. But at that moment... He hears some some glass breaking from outside. Oh my right? gosh! <laughs> Who is it, Cole? It's so wannabe gangster Louie, mobster Louie, mobster Louie. That's right. He's out there with his biker friends, and they're yeah. trashing Johnny's car, dude. They're trashing it, the one that that Daniel had got had fixed up for him. Louie, man, the Pontiac Firebird, and one of the bikers just like pouring gasoline on the car 
but Louis said that, you know, hey, that's going too far. He wasn't asking for all that. Johnny came out and said, what the hell is going on? Louis said, hey, let this be a lesson from Daniel LaRusso. Using Daniel's name again, man. Dude, that's exactly what I have in my notes. Using his name again. He did not learn his lesson. Yeah, consider this a message from <laughs> Daniel LaRusso. Using his name. Smashes out the taillight. One of the bikers said to Johnny, um, what are you going to do, Nancy? He said that to Johnny Lawrence. <laughs> what are you going to do, Nancy? So you all know what big, it is. Big mistake. <laughs> you all know what it is. It's karate time, you guys. Time for Johnny to kick some ass. <laughs> mm-hmm. Johnny starts off with striking first with a front kick. He, he did a front kick to the first biker right in the chest. Okay, But the other biker, number two, he, ra- he got him wrapped up from the right side, came in. But Johnny pushed biker number two off, landed a punch on his face. Biker number one swung a crowbar at Johnny's head, but he, he's ducking it, ducked it. And the biker swung at Johnny's body with the crowbar, but Johnny caught it. He caught it in his like arm and he held it. Yeah. While he was holding that arm, Johnny kicked biker number one in the chest, and then he kicked biker number two from behind, like in a double kick. Same, he didn't even put his leg down. Boom, boom. Yeah, it was awesome. Johnny then kicked biker number one to the ground, and he he took the crowbar, and he hit biker number two across the face with a backhand, dude. Ooh. Ooh. He sent him straight to the ground with that one. And then he kicked biker number one across the face with it while he straight put him on the ground, too. So that was a nice one, man. He took on two guys while he was unarmed, and he took a weapon from them, the crowbar. Johnny's Johnny's badass, man. Johnny is badass. He didn't even take a hit from those guys. He looked at Louie, right? And he even dropped the crowbar. Uh, he said, I don't need this. <laughs> you want, right? Louie said, hey, back up. Louis, I got a bat. Louie ain't shit. Louie ain't shit, man. So he said, I got a bat. He's looking all scared and stuff. He swung it at Johnny. It was like a vertical swing. You know, Johnny stepped to the left. He hit the ground. He dodged it. And he kicked that bat out of him, out of his Louie's hands. And to be fair, like at this moment, Louis did say, he said, hey, I made all that up. And, it's, you know, this is between me and you. Hey, I'll take all my licks like a man. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to give up the information, right? And at that moment, one of the bikers said, hey, asshole, burn in hell. And he flung that lighter, dude, that lit lighter oh, straight into Johnny's car, man. And it started to catch on fire. This is This means war, dude. So... Right at that moment, Johnny goes into a fury, dude. He, he wants to know. He said, where does Daniel LaRusso live? And dude, Many address, yep. Louis immediately goes back on his word. <laughs> 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 immediately just goes. He just tells him exactly where it is. Eskimo driver. Right here tells him exactly where it is. Yeah. And uh, he dropped him, man. Johnny hopped on one of those bikers' motorcycles, drove off. Uh, was Pontiac badass. is on fire. Johnny's a badass. Johnny's a badass. <laughs> Dude, fight over, man. What did you think about that scene? And that's how it ended. That's how was the end of it. Yep, the car was on fire. Cut to black. End of episode. Cobra Kai logo. Whole first, would you just tell me what you think about that scene right there? That fight scene. Oh man, that was awesome. Uh, you get to see how how skilled Johnny really is as a as a fighter. Like you said, taking on two pretty big guys, you know, with a, and with, with weapons even, you know, and he was able to 
took down both of them, still the weapon. It was a uh, yeah. It's just just how how good Johnny really is at at karate. <laughs> yep, he shook he shook the rust off definitely, and even took on Louie. Man, he he even dropped his weapon. <laughs> dude. He didn't. Yeah, he's need like, it. I, don't, I don't need this for you. He didn't even <laughs> need it. But what do you think about him? About his car getting set on fire and all that. Man, Louis, what are what is what is Louis thinking, man? You know, mobster Louis. And then he got, you know, I guess, I guess he didn't, I guess he didn't realize that the bikers were going to take it that far. And at least right. he did try to like, like be like, no, no, don't do that. But you know, this Louis, this is all Louis' idea in the first place. So it's what Louis does. You know, his his heart's in the right place, but he often does something the wrong you know, thing. in the wrong way you know and using daniel's name again right using daniel's name and the setting of the car on fire for like being from daniel larusso's name like that is like the first couple things that they were doing you know the billboard and the trying to shut down you know that was all kind of periphery stuff kind of but this is yeah. coming straight at Johnny Lawrence, dude. His like this car... is actually damaging his property. You know, it's like actual. I mean, I guess the billboard is kind of property damage, also. I guess, but maybe not not as major as you know, torching up a car. Yeah, it, it's 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 escalating, and you're right. It is the billboard was a thing, but I would say that the billboard was like a business attack, and the car is a personal attack. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, that is an escalation from Daniel in quotations, not really from Daniel, but that sent Johnny into a fury. Okay. Yeah, I mean Daniel actually has no idea this is going on. No, yeah, no idea. He's got a storm coming because because Johnny hit his fury mode, and when Johnny hits his fury mode, it's on. So he watch is, out. <laughs> he's, yeah, watch out. He's got his motorcycle. He's heading. You know, he knows the address. He's heading straight for Daniel. Yeah, Russo's you you know house. that's exactly where he's going right now. He's heading straight there. He's going straight there, and that's how the that's how it ended, Cole. And about to ruin Daniel's dinner. That is right. What did you think about the entire episode, Cole? Oh man, it was great, dude. especially the uh, you know the the telling of Johnny's side of the beach incident. That was awesome. It was amazing. I, I I really just couldn't even believe that it was happening when it was happening the first time. It was, like I said, filling in the other side of the coloring book for me and just adding a lot to one of my favorite movies. And the way that they wrote things here, it's really intertwined, you know, with Miguel dating Sam and Robbie being trained by Daniel. You know that it's going to blow up. And I think that just lit the fuse, okay? The torching of the car has lit the fuse on the bomb, and it is about to go off, you guys. Yeah, something's about to come to a point right now. I mean, Johnny's Johnny's furious. He's heading straight to Daniels. About to call him out. Yeah, it is massive. So, But we're going to have to wait for that one for next time, y'all. Um, Cole, did you have any favorite lines or, or moments from that episode? I think uh, one of the best lines is actually when Johnny said, uh, just because you live in a nice house doesn't mean nice things are going on on the inside. Man, that, you know, that's also words of wisdom. He's like, no, don't, don't judge things just, you know, by the way you think they are. People might be a little bit different than you think they are on the inside. And money doesn't, money doesn't automatically buy you happiness in a way. 
Exactly. Yep. Yes, that was some amazing lesson there, and there was a lot of amazing lessons here, you guys. So, overall, the balance, though, maintaining the balance, man, is what it's all about. Totally, and I got to say, my favorite, some of my favorite stuff was just you know Daniel training with Robbie on the way with the music going. That was great. He talked about some really personal things about not having a dad growing up and they connected in that fashion. I even really appreciated how the writers said, and Daniel said that you have to look inside to, to find the balance. Look inside. Like that's very important in my opinion. That's real important. If you, if you, you can, Okay, and we could talk about this for a long time, but you can make yourself happier a lot or bring yourself out. He's talking about depression in a way. You can do that from, you can get out of it from things from the outside. Like, let's say, you know, a job makes you happier or you meet someone and that makes you happier, right? But that, if that stuff goes away, you're back to where you started. Right. So it has to come from inside, you guys. That was a big line. And it's something to think about, and I think it's very true. You know, it can be debated. Ooh, I think I just figured something out, though, man. Talk to me. So uh, you chose your you chose your line. You know, it was from Daniel. I chose my line. It's from Johnny. Maybe you're Team Daniel. I'm Team Johnny. I don't know. Okay, here we go, <laughs> folks. We got to line up. We got to we'll line up on the, each side. Nah, nah, I love both these guys, man. <laughs> hey, hey, I really enjoyed Johnny's uh, training in the. Junkyard and stuff, and the, the the dichotomy of him being in the junkyard with his kid and with his kids and students, and Daniel taking his student out to nature. The yin and yang. The yin and the yang, folks. And Johnny is in a fury, heading that way. And things are not great between Miguel and Sam. We had such a great time at the golf and stuff. Uh, I know, y'all. It, it was things were going great, and you know. A really positive thing for Miguel, and I think he is heartbroken at the moment. Unfortunately, he got his heart broken when she called him nobody, and double heartbroken when he rode his bike. Who can blame him though? No, he's right. And what's interesting is if you think about it, when Miguel showed up on his bike, this is almost another callback that I just found. Miguel shows up to Daniel's house on a bike and sees Robbie talking to. Sam is just like Johnny going up on his bike to the beach and seeing Daniel talking with Allie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. I just thought of that one. So there's another one, folks. It's layers upon layers. You know what? I just thought of something else. You know what Johnny also didn't mention in his story? What's that? About how he revved his dirt bike. And, oh, yeah. and, and peeled out and shot sand in Daniel's face after he's down on the ground. Yeah, he uh, he he left that part out. <laughs> he, left, he left some parts out. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, he I left some things out. I almost forgot about that part. A lot of the stuff that he said in his rendition of the things was true, but he left some things out. That's right. Just it was just really interesting to see his side of the story. It and was. Yeah, that was a great episode. Again, y'all, they're all great. I mean, we started off really well, and it's all great oh, yeah. from here on out, and it just gets better from here, folks. Like I always say, 
Cole, do you have any more stuff to say about that episode? I think we got it covered. Man, I think we I think we did cover it. We yeah. got all the montages broken down. We broke down the fight scene. We broke down the training. And we're going to keep doing it, folks. And that was super fun. It's always super fun. And Cole, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here, my binary brother. I really appreciate your time. Hey, thank you also, man. And thank you mostly to the listeners as well. Oh, yeah. We love having y'all here. And we're going to keep going, folks. We're going all the way. And we appreciate y'all being here. And we will see you guys next time. And we're going to keep on going, y'all. And you, you know why. And that's because Cobra High never, never dies. dies. That's right, folks. Thank you so much for being here. And we'll see you next time. Peace. Goodbye. Peace out. Peace. <laughs>